You're listening to a SodaCon Sessions by Effective, live from a SodaCon 2023. Okay, I'm here with Joel Bassam, president of Eastern's Automotive. Uh, thank you so much for giving us a few minutes of your time today. Of course, happy to be here. So, all right, we have applause already <laughs> from the background. Thank you. That's what, that's our one fan. We have two fans now. <laughs> that's three. Uh, oh, four. There we go. Wow. We're there. Wow. Yeah. I got to say, that's the best response we've gotten from the podcast stage. That was the best $5 I've ever spent. (laughs) So um, we don't know each other very well. We kind of like circle, have a lot of similar circles, and then there's LinkedIn. But um, give give me a little background on how you got into the car business. Sure. Yeah. I mean, I've got my PhD, just like Rick. Um, You know, my father got into this business in 1988. I'm lucky enough to have applied for the job and got it. So. So when you say PhD, the, just like Rick, what do you mean? Papa had a dealership. So yeah, I applied for the job, got it. And uh, yeah, I've been working there since I was 12. So I uh, really enjoy it and uh, love, love the car business. Once it's in your blood, you can't get it out. You know? I know. I know. It really is one of my favorite things about the industry mm-hmm. is the family dynamic. I don't yeah. think there's any industry that's more family oriented. Yeah. Um, and to be, people often forget the number one retail industry in the country it's actually a family business. That's totally, totally true. And so, I, this industry also has that unique thing where you go to conferences like this and you might see the same people, but they're at a different company because they, once they're in this orbit, it's, you know, the gravity just keeps you around. And I love boomerangs, right? They, they leave, they think the grass is greener and they're mm-hmm. like, hey, I went into like pharmaceuticals or I went into yep. like PCG and, and like I wanted to, you know, consumers package good. I said PCG, CPG. Yeah. And they come back and like, they're no fun over there. Yeah. Like that was crap. Like we come back to automotive. This is where I belong. Um, so tell us a little bit about uh, your group. Yep. And so we can kind of get a, a level set for the conversation. Yeah. Eastern's is a family owned and operated business. So we've been in the market since 1988, it's 35 years. Uh, we're actually in this market. We're 20 minutes from three of my stores right now. Um, and, and right have, now, if you if you don't know, right now we're sitting in Baltimore, just south of Baltimore. That's correct. Yeah. And uh, we have eight retail locations. We're a completely independent group. Um, and a quick version of our group and how it works is we're a full hub and spoke model. So everything's run out of a central reconditioning and corporate facility, makes all the decisions for all of our stores. And our stores have one focus. It's just selling cars. And that's it. That's our only source of revenue. Uh, no service? No service. Wow. Our purpose is any car anyway for everyone. And everyone in the company, doesn't matter what you do, you sell cars for a living. So you, you do your own service reconditioning though, Correct. right? Yeah. No you customer. Just no faces. retail service. Correct. Wow. Yeah. So what, what happens to the customers that, you know, buy a car, where do you send them for service? Sure. Yeah. I mean, we, we have phenomenal vehicle service contract penetration. And we say, if you bought a BMW, try a BMW dealership first and work your way outwards. We have relationships with individual groups around each store. Um, but that space, but you is obviously more- have internal so that if there's an issue, oh. like after selling, you fix, you can, you can take care of those quick and internally. Oh, hundred percent. And yeah, then customer care we- stuff is different for sure. We handle all those, but as far as pay work, we don't want to, ex- you know, we kind of lovingly say when a car leaves a reconditioning center, we hope to never see it again. Um, that means we did our job right. Wow. I love this so much. <laughs> I, I love learning about like very unique groups like yours mm-hmm. who are really putting customer experience first and are operating without the obligations of an OEM. Sure. So you can you can really kind of explore the space. Yeah. And you can kind of make decisions that in your your estimation are like, hey, these are the best for um, the customer experience, which by the way, I think is a great way for even franchise dealers to learn yeah. um, by your example and figure out how it fits into their model. So like you you're kind of like there ain't no strings on you, you know? Yeah, that's a good way of putting it. Yeah, I think that's one of the things that gets uh 
uh, frustrating is the only word that comes to mind with other dealership groups where they come and they say, well, we can't do that because of this, or we can't do that because of that. Sure. And you know, the concepts around that, I, I, being an independent, it's, we only make decisions that add profit to the bottom line. And so whether it's marketing, whether it's tech stack, uh, decisions, whether it's digital retailing decisions, centralized BDCs, sales centers, whatever you want to call it, how we pay our salespeople, it doesn't matter. It's about what makes the best fit for our company culture and what makes the best fit for our customers. Um, and so those are the only decisions that we make. It's all based on that. So give me a, give me a, an idea of geography. You explained it, but like mm -hmm. how far, how far are the two furthest, you know, satellite locations? Sure. Yeah. We operate in the DC and Baltimore DMAs. Um, with you know some future plans that we'll be announcing relatively soon in other markets, um, but yeah, it's the, the farthest one is six seven miles, um, which doesn't sound Did you like say six six seven sixty seven. Okay, um, which doesn't sound like oh a in lot, this area, but in this area that's oh like, gosh, that, yeah, it might as well be that's like three hundred miles in like in the middle of the country, exactly. Right? How yeah. long does it take you to get ten miles? Sometimes? Exactly, yeah. It's all about timing. If it's you know six seven miles in the middle of the day is very different than four o'clock. Oh um, my goodness, yes. But you know that actually is a unique value proposition for our company as well because again, this is all benefit of being independent. You know, one of our value propositions to our customers is every car is available to every customer. It's at their convenience, and we structure that not only in the customer experience when they're physically in the store, but on our website and in our digital retailing. It's actually one of the things that limits our ability to use some of the off-the-shelf digital retailing tools that exist in the space, all of them are defaulted to contract in the entity in which the car is parked. And we actually have to oh. consistently push against that to say, hey, you know, Paul's applying for a loan on this Toyota Sonata, or Toyota Sonata, Hyundai yeah. Sonata. It doesn't matter that, you know, his convenient location is Baltimore right now because that's the closest store to us right now. I want to contract in that entity because that's where his he wants to pick up and right. story. Because the car, um, the car likely isn't there, right? You centralize yeah. your inventory, so when mm -hmm. I shop your site, I get every location. Correct. And then it'll probably tell me where the car is located. Yep. And but like you're saying, like if I'm in one spot and the car's in another spot, but I mm -hmm. want the car that's in another spot, right. the tools are default, not conducive to that. Correct. Yeah. And so we've actually kind of, you know, square peg round hold a lot of those products into making it work for us. Mm -hmm. um, but, you know, it works for it's it's again, at the end of the day, it benefits the consumer. First thing the customers see when they get to the lot and they meet a salesperson or what we call a customer advisor because they're mm -hmm. non-commissioned, they make hourly rates, um, you know, is, you know, I'm so-and-so. That's probably the first thing. Second thing is don't limit your options by what's in the store. What's parked here? We have another thousand cars to choose from. I can have them, any of them here within 20 minutes. Um, and so you don't like the red one, we'll get a blue one here to, you know, within mm -hmm. a few minutes. Um, and that's pushed upstream to our, what we call BDC, which is internal marketing, or yep. what we call sales center, which is internal marketing for BDC. Um, same thing. Customers start shopping online. You know, we ask the customer where they want to pick up the car or if they want it delivered. That's the first question because that designates where we're going to actually start selling the car to and through. Because if um, they're going to pick it up, then or even delivered, you yeah. try to get the car sold from the closest location to their physical address. Correct. Yeah, okay. that'll be most convenient for the customer, and that's what matters the most. So, we right now we're selling about thirty percent of our cars before a customer physically arrives in the store. Um, and we use Roadster to do that. When you say selling, how far through the transaction are you getting? Contracted. Done. Yeah. Approval, done. Signed contract, unified, done. And they show up and 30 they... minute transactions, NPS scores over 80. There you go. Yeah. <laughs> done. Yeah. So, you know, I was just, I was listening to, um, what was it? Uh, I was listening to Alan Haig mm -hmm. and he was talking about the independent dealer and the entrepreneurial nature mm -hmm. that it takes to make an independent work because yep. yes, you don't have the restrictions of the OEM, right. but you also don't have a lot of the advantages Correct. of being with an OEM, mainly 
captive financing, yep. right? Floor plan, all yep. the things that the OEM basically subsidizes uh, either through reputation, stability, or is an internal product. You don't have those things. Right. So on the one side, you get the advantage of doing what you want, but the disadvantage of not having anybody to help. Correct. Right. Yeah, I mean, and it's, that story is one that actually leads a lot of independent groups when they're in the growth process to add a franchise point to get over that hurdle. Right. Because at the end of the day, if, if you're an independent out there and you're listening, there's a check box on a form that says whether you're independent or not. And a lot of those banks and financing partners, you know, once don't you check go that box, go. yeah, right. Yeah, do not collect like, $200. Okay. It's over. So have you ever considered that that model? Well, we've that been lucky like getting an OEM. Yeah, we, we've had franchises in the past. Okay. Um, and but either way, we, we've been around and established. And, you know, a lot of this is really, you know, because of the relationship my father's built over the year and the trust. And I attribute so that track to, record for the banks to be like, correct. There it is. Yeah. I like, mean, internally with leadership, it's when we're, we're making decisions all about long term thinking. It's not about short term profit. It's about where we're going to be in five years and the decisions make on that. And that means, you know, it maybe sounds a little silly, but when our buyers are buying cars, they're considering the performance of the loan portfolio for the where that, you know, that customer is going to actually finance that car. Mm -hmm. I mean, that's that's how far down the funnel we're thinking. We're thinking about loss ratios for vehicle service contracts and all that's happening before we buy the car, not after. Right. Um, because we want to be a profitable business for all of our partners and our stakeholders. And that has allowed us to really open those doors. So we're, we're the exception for a lot of banks. We're exceptions for a lot of floor plan companies. And we're, we're proud of that. It is somewhat of a risk, especially in an uh, you know, uncertain financial space that we find ourselves in today's economy. But it's one that we think we can continue to push through. Now, that being said, you know, if the opportunities arise, we buy, we buy property and we buy dealerships the same way we buy cars. It's opportunity based. Right. And, and there's no doubt that in this market, there's a lot of opportunity. Mm -hmm. We've got a lot of exciting things coming out of the pipe. By the time this is released, we should have another two points open. Hey. Um, one of which should be a franchise, which I can't really talk about yet. But okay. Um, okay. And, and that's just an opportunity based thing. It, I love but it. it's, it's not to get over those hurdles. It's because it's a diversification of our company. I love and it's funny. The, the conversation that you're talking about with Alan, it's actually one that him and I have had before at the table, which was the blue sky on, a, on an you, independent dealership is the dealer principal. Right. Right. That's there's, it. There's no established multiple because... No, there's a lot across the street. I can buy right. my own used cars and hire your staff. Yep, exactly. Well, that's the thought. But that's you know, the th I mean, build the right company, that doesn't happen. That's true. But I'm yeah. just saying, like, when you look at potential acquisitions, right. right, like, that's kind of what they think. Unless you yeah. bring, like, the dealer principal or some significant developments in process. Right. Right? Things you've figured out, like yeah. a hub-and-spoke used car model. Yeah. Um, let me ask you this one. Uh, this will be the last question. There's so much conversation around efficient used car departments. Mm -hmm. It's just uh, one of the things that any dealer can control. Yeah. Um, so pricing, major a uh, major consideration mm -hmm. right now. Um, can you let us know how you approach, like the mentality by which you approach acquisition and pricing? Yeah, I mean, it's, it's all based on volume, scale, and speed. So acquisition for vehicles, the consideration is that it's a you know let's say things are somewhat normal, which hasn't been the case for a couple of years. But yeah, the you know, new when we buy a car, is not normal. The, the day the gravel the gavel stops, uh, you know the timer starts. The car is depreciating. We're paying interest on that car, um, and so time to market is more important than cost to market in our mind. And because we're focused on turn and efficiency when it comes to that, so we've built all of our processes around that central concept, which is why we've you know really consolidated all those efforts into a single point. It is generally less expensive when you get really good at it, but that was never our, our, you know, that's not what we set out to achieve. It was all about how can I get my days in recon to single digits? And then once we got into single digits, which we achieve pretty easily now, it's how do we get it below five days, six yeah. days? 
you know, what are, what are we averaging? Can I get it to four days? Is that even possible? Right. Um, and we were achieving that for a long time. I mean, you had cars that we were, we, the first time we sold a car and its days in inventory was single digits in the used space. It was like, man, this is all we got to do. The, the gross of the deal didn't right. matter. Let's get good at this one thing. Let's get, yeah. And, and that, everything else will fall in line. Right. And honestly, that's a core concept. And this is a funny story that you'll definitely appreciate is, you know, my father came to the United States. He worked in a pizza chain. He ended up working. He got moved up to the D.C. area to work for a chain called Chi Chi's. And if you're from this area, you might know what it is. I remember. Yeah. And Fry, uh, he, yeah, then, yeah, 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 I, 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 exactly. I still remember the yeah. jingle. <laughs> and then he ended up like they, he moved on to a Domino's and he worked there. He's like, man, they've got to figure it out. He's like, I can make stromboli. I can make, you know, breadsticks. I can do all this stuff. He's like, no, no, no. We just make pizza. Let's focus on this one thing. And they thought everything. They were dicing the cheese different so that it wouldn't clump. They were, they had a spinner. They'd measured the sauce. And it was all because they had 30 minutes or less. That was yeah. their whole thing. Has, like to, that. has to be fast. And that's how we think of the car business. It's like, yes, we can have a franchise model. Yes, we can do customer service, but it will take away focus of just being the most efficient used car seller we possibly can be. And so everything's built around that. Oh my gosh, we have to have another conversation because there's so much to unpack. Joel, thank yeah. you so much for uh, spending a few times with us today or a few minutes with us on a SodaCon session. It's by Effective. Yeah, happy to be here. Thank you for listening to this Asotukan session by Effective. If you want more content like this, you can check out our other podcasts. We have a daily show called The Automotive Troublemaker, Monday through Friday, here on podcasts, also live streamed on YouTube and LinkedIn and Facebook. We also have a long-form podcast called Auto Collabs. Auto Collabs. And if you just want to go a little deeper into this community, you should sign up for our regular email. We put our heart and soul into it. You can get it for free by going to asotu.com. We'll see you next time.